Hi, welcome back to another episode of Unboxing Entrepreneurship, where I'm talking to entrepreneurs about different aspects of entrepreneurship that can help others. So last week, we spoke to Sonali about how she uses partnerships to grow her business. Today, I'm going to talk to Diksha, who's the founder of All Retail, about how she uses Instagram influencers to grow her business. And I'm sure you'll take away a lot from this because the way she approaches Instagram influencers is quite different from what we've been told. So let's get started. Hi, Deeksha. Welcome to Unboxing Entrepreneurship. Hi, Pallavi. Pleasure to be here. So um, I've already told the audience, you know, that you're the founder of Alt Retail. Uh, but I think before we talk about Alt Retail, I do want to understand that, or rather, I do want to tell the audience that you are actually a serial entrepreneur, right? Well, yes, if you put it that way, yes, a serial entrepreneur. I do have two ventures before Alt Retail, you're right. All right. Tell us about what you started with uh, earlier and then, you know, what was the journey like of the previous startup? So before Alt Retail, the two startups, one was fresh out of college. Um, it was a retail venture where we did pop-ups before pop-up, the word existed itself. Uh, we would, uh, a friend of mine and we toured the country from Delhi, Rajasthan, Gujarat, Bombay, we picked stuff. And we held pop-up exhibitions in Bangalore. Mm -hmm. uh, sorry, Chennai. I am from Chennai. Yeah. Uh, and we uh, did exhibitions out there. We did mm -hmm. not have the money or the bandwidth to open a retail space. So we started out trying smaller exhibitions, just sending out those um, invites. And they were a huge success, actually. We did uh, mm -hmm. four exhibitions and they did well. Mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately, my partner had to move out. So that fizzled out and then we got into jobs and so on and so forth. Hmm. Um, then I moved to Bangalore about 10 years ago and uh, with another partner, I started a online marketplace for food hmm. for home entrepreneurs. It was um, all natural, no preservative, homemade food marketplace. It was called Food Tribe. Um, this was before Danzo, before hmm. delivery was there before drop shipping was a model. So we had our own delivery person who would traverse the entire city and uh, deliver fresh homemade food within a day. Hmm. Of course, it was way, way ahead of its time. Uh, so it was way before venture capitalists, it was before seed funding was what it is today. And therefore, there was a point where we realized as the number of orders increased, our operational costs also would increase. And therefore, we would have nothing left to do marked. Yeah. So at that point, we had to and call it naive, but we were also very uh, not sure of getting funding in because it was our baby. It was like almost like, oh, my God, do I have to sell my baby to kind of do this? And yeah. that was not something we were OK with. And at that point, we partners also just decided to take different routes. So that had a stop there. Mm. Uh, moved to 2017. I had a one year old and I was, uh, you know, looking up uh, products for him and I realized there was no space for eco-friendly, premium quality, safe products for kids. Hmm. And that was the seed for all retail. So hmm. we started off distributing um, international brands in India. Uh, we started off with an Australian brand uh, that made bamboo dinnerware for kids. 
Then we had a Sri Lankan brand that made uh, natural rubber teethers and organic soft toys. And like they say, the journey decides to call you and then wooden toys happened and we started uh, designing and manufacturing our own range of toys. And here we are in 2022. Awesome. So um, let's talk a little bit more about all retail. So it came about because, you know, you felt the gap that for your son, there wasn't anything yes. available that you wanted. Uh, was there anything... I mean, you started off by retailing somebody else's products, but the shift to making your own, what was the reason for that? Uh, primarily the gap that, like you mentioned, right? The gap that existed. Mm. Uh, I, like they say, parenting changes you. So my uh, concept of par parenting changed after I became a mother. Mm. Um, I think what I imagined as a mother, I would be for an imaginary child to watch yeah. when I became a mother is probably falls apart, right? Mm. Uh, the more I started reading, the more I started looking up uh, for, you know, why we need safe toys for kids, what was available in the market. Mm. I was surprised. So I mm. said, so the safety part started with the uh, brands that I was distributing. And mm. then Tikri came about, which was again, natural rubber teethers, because you know, that point in time, you only had Sophie the giraffe. And that also, mm. if you had connections from someone coming abroad, you got that. Otherwise, mm. you would, there was no option. Mm. And as he grew and uh, whatever I needed to buy for him or research for him, um, I realized there was no concept of open-ended play and no mm. concept of open-ended toys. Or probably in that term, it wasn't available. And I also happened to meet a manufacturer, you know, it was just a beautiful uh, joining of uh, two things. And then I started exploring that. And I mm. started uh, starting with the toys that I would like to first have my son to kind of, mm. you know, have. Mm. That's how I started researching on wooden toys and open-ended play. Mm. And that's the journey of all retail uh, wooden toys. Awesome. Uh, so you've been... I think if I calculated rightly, you've been an entrepreneur for most of your uh, professional life, right? Uh, I think one of the di most difficult things that entrepreneurs face uh, is irrespective of what your success is like. I'm sure may, you may have been successful early on or you may uh, taste success a little bit later on. Uh, I think the day to day is hard to do sometimes. Like some days, some days you like, um, you know, wake up extremely motivated and think, oh, I have so many things to do today. I'm going to do this, this, this. I'm going to talk to that, that, that person. And, you know, you feel like yes. you have a lot to give to your business. And then there are days where you don't feel like that. You, you question, why is it you are doing what you're doing? Why are you not in a job when, you know, you could be? Or why are you trying to sell something which a very small group of people will buy and you know why why are you making the effort i mean the underlying question is why are you making the effort so i'm i'm assuming you have those days if not you are superhuman but if you have those days what is it that keeps you motivated to stay as an entrepreneur and not you know think about taking up a job Pallavi, you've uh, summarized all the whys very well i mean those are the whys i think i get up with probably four to three days, three to four days in a week. And then you just, self-motivation is the hardest part of being an entrepreneur. Yeah. I think getting funded, getting the right team, just fall into place. But, you know, staying self-motivated, like you said, without the allure of a check, which is yeah. far more easier, right? Like 
okay, you know, you switch off at 6 p.m., you switch off on the weekends, you will get your... Uh, uh, but I think also the joy, for me, it has been purely the joy of being able to create and mm. seeing that creation take... My labor of love, basically being created and being seen helping other mothers being able to get what they would have probably not but probably mm -hmm. I didn't uh, you know mm -hmm. find and building this uh, community I think that has been such a pleasure for me mm -hmm. uh, being a mother to both kids my son and all retail mm -hmm. right has given me such a wonderful community mm -hmm. of mothers of parents I think that has been my biggest takeaway from both Awesome. And yeah, that, I, I think, drives the rest. Yeah, and I, I, I think you're right when you say that the joy of creating is probably sometimes more alluring than a check because you, you are making a difference, right? And even if someone is not willing to pay you for that, I think it might carry you on for a little while and you think, oh, I've actually made a difference. I have something that I can be proud of. Uh, and sure, there will be people who will recognize me for what it is, but that's not why you're doing it. You're doing it because that is yes. what, that's the difference that you want to make, right? So, um, and staying self-motivated, whether you have a team, whether you have funding is hard. I mean, as the boss, you, it's really, really lonely at the top uh, and you do need, it is, right? So you do need, you do need, you do need something inside you which constantly tells you yes you're on the right path yes it's worth getting up in the morning and doing this and you have to keep igniting that it is something that exists inside of you <laughs> yeah <laughs> true I, I feel the same way um yeah um so talking about the community and that's I mean that brings me to the meat of this conversation um I've seen that the way you approach mommy bloggers and influencers is quite different to what we are told to do. I mean, as as the, as the theory says, look for an influencer in your niche, make sure that they have X number of followers, ask them, you know, send them a product, ask them to do one story, one post or whatever it is. Uh, and you can either pay them or not. That depends on your arrangement. But I don't think that that's, uh, that's the outcome that you have got. I mean, I've actually seen that, um, you know, there are mothers who are influencers, but they repeatedly you know, tag you or or talk about your product. Um, so maybe do you want to start with how is it that you approach these influencers? What is it that you are looking for? Uh, and then maybe we can go into more detail about how, what the engagement is like. Firstly, thank you for the kind words. This is what keeps us going every day, you know, like you said. <laughs> these small things is what makes um, makes a difference. And you know you're on the right path, you know. Mm -hmm. As much as we say, don't go for the validation, it feels nice when you get that validation. Mm -hmm. uh, so two things, Pallavi. First, I think quality. I am a mother, so if I launch any product, mm -hmm. if I am not satisfied, I don't do it. Hmm. And I've actually given back batches of toys hmm. four, five times. I'm sure my vendors hate me because I will, I'm like, it's okay. You know, if hmm. I am not giving this to my son, I'm not giving it to any child. Yeah. Right. Uh, from the first product that we launched, which was the Pickler product, uh, we decided to go ahead with uh, steel, stainless steel rods yeah. simply because we wanted it to be the safest product available. Hmm. 
right? So when you think about safety, which was the reason why I started All Feet It, right? Mm. To find safe toys for kids. Uh, safety and quality. These two things I don't compromise. And when you reach out to mother influencers, they may be influencers, but they are mothers. Yeah. First, they are going to think like a mother. And if I'm thinking like a mother, I may be able to touch that cord with another one. So when they see quality, when they see safety, when they see the attention to detail, you don't have to push them hard to become your cheerleader. Yeah. Mm. Right? So I think come what may not compromising on the quality of whatever product. They are maybe in a child uh, category, so I'm doing kids' product tomorrow. I may be doing makeup or food or whatever. If you're compromising quality, mm. how much of a money you pay? Hmm. Your influencers will talk about it. Your customers will buy, but they're not going to come back to you. Hmm. Right? So irrespective of the most famous influencer doing your work, it's not going to work if you don't have the quality. That, and like I said, the community, right? Like, I think I reach out to them as a mother, hmm. as a mom trainer. And I recognize that these influencers are also entrepreneurs, right? They are doing it. There is a value attached to what they bring. Hmm. Uh, content creation is difficult. Hmm. Um, you know, you and I have been at it for about over a year now. And you know, it's not easy to generate uh, valuable content that, because there is a dearth of content. There's so much available. Yeah. So it's about reaching out to them as a mother, hmm. finding out their pain point, and then talking to them. I think mm. once you have that connect, mm. you both are in the same boat. You're on the same side. Mm. The rest mm. follows. Rest follows, yeah. So you're almost reaching out to your influencers as you would to your customers, like because you set the pain point, right? So Absolutely. you have to, you are relating yes. to the influencer as a potential customer. And the fact Absolutely. that they have a large following is an added bonus. Absolutely. So I'm reaching out to the mother who has a child and who is looking for quality, safe toys. Yeah. Right. And then she happens to be in a position hmm. which other mothers look up to. Yes. Hmm. So That's and I think in parenting, you may read X number of books, you may read anything, but when a mother says something to you, you value that more. Yeah. True. So, so for that matter, for anyone who's in kids product or kids service uh, and is a parent themselves, probably that's the that's one of the best ways to connect with anyone, whether you're partnering with someone or even your customer. Right. If you come across as a coach, as a teacher um, to kids, maybe you have a different relationship with your customer. But if you come across as a parent, then instantly they will understand and think that, oh, yes, you would not sell this to your child or you have probably created this with your child in mind. So surely this must be good for my kids as well. Absolutely. And the fact that, you know, uh, when you meet people where they are is when they want to work with you. Yeah. Yeah, right. So I am a mother. You have a toddler. I have a toddler. I exactly know what must be what you must be going through. Correct. Mm. And I think that um, helps bond us and build those connections. And I always think we need to invest in connections. Mm. The rest will follow. The brand will build on itself. If you have a connection, not from a selfish point of view, but from truly a community point of view, mm. collaboration over competition. We all have enough. There's for enough for everyone. Hmm. But parenting and motherhood is about all. So. Yeah. 
That's interesting. So um, interestingly, my other guest, Sonali, she also talked about the same thing that, you know, when she looks for a partner, uh, whatever the partnership be, she doesn't go with like an agenda in mind and say, oh, this is what I want to achieve. It is first and foremost about building a relationship and really understanding the other person and what their vision is and, you know, how is it that the two can match. So it's it's not a one-off conversation where you say, this is what I want you to do and this is what you I can do for you. No, it's, it's about really understanding uh, or knowing the person, like uh, building that human relationship. Uh, yes. And that's why I was telling her that, you know, maybe that's the reason why people do find, find it very hard to partner with other businesses. And in your case, reach out to influencers because you do have that shyness. You do have that reluctance and say, how can I be messaging this person and asking them, offering them, you know, what I have? Like, what happens if, if what will they think? Um, so, and I remember that uh, conversation that you and I had where um, I think we were talking about somebody to reach out to and you didn't think for a second. You said, sure, let me send that person a DM. And I was like, oh, okay. No hangups at all. You know, no, no self-censoring to say, what if this person doesn't reply? What are they going to think? So you've obviously not had that issue. And I, I know that you've reached out to certain very famous people and, you know, had the pleasure for them to... Um, talk about your product so um, you were never shy or is this something that you have developed while running a business that would be a huge life I say I wouldn't <laughs> I remember reaching out to my first first very first influencer and uh, for launching Bubu and Boo and in fact I sent her something uh, when we launched the second because I was like hey you know what you were my first influencer and at that point you did pay. Uh, I wasn't doing butter initially, right? Because mm -hmm. uh, I wanted to even even for the influencer and for the brand, right? Giving mm -hmm. freebie is the easiest part. Mm -hmm. And you give a freebie once the relationship is not going to be built. A relationship mm -hmm. is a given thing. Mm -hmm. uh, so I was very hesitant. I was like, one, they need to make content for me. Mm -hmm. Two, they need to buy that product for me. Of course, at a discounted rate. But why would they do this for me? Who am I? Hmm. Right? But I think, uh, like they say, till you start, you will never know. And it has taken three, four years, two businesses to yeah. get here. Right? Yeah. And and there are still times, Pallavi, believe me, when I'm like, okay, do I really, how can I do this? How can I ask? Yeah. But then, just when you get over that fear of wanting to ask, hmm. like they say, you know, I'm going to sound very cheesy, but ke aage ki jeet hai, sort of <laughs> It's just about crossing that line. It's about yeah. getting over the fear of rejection. And yeah. that for me personally also has yeah. been very huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I believe that as an entrepreneur, you cannot have that fear. You cannot have the fear of being rejected because Absolutely. you are experimental by nature. You're going to try new things. And, you know, you it may involve, it may involve talking to other people and asking them for favors, which, yeah, you have to get used to. Yeah, you will fail. Uh, failure is a very normal journey of uh, entrepreneurship. And then you just get up and move. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, so uh, we are almost at the end of our conversation. Um, where do you see yourself going from here? I know you're uh, putting in a lot of effort in growing the business. And hopefully this is the year that you know, you, you're scaling much more but um, I believe you have some new products in the pipeline and what's happening in this year for you 
Yeah, so uh, very gungo about some new products that we're launching. Uh, we are going away from our little safe zone of wooden toys and expanding into other products. Hmm. Uh, I think there is nervousness, there is excitement, uh, but like they say, experiments is an addiction, right? So then you just get used to it and then you want more of it. Hmm. So hoping to be able to, yeah, I know launch them and just, Hope the audience likes it. Okay. I'm sure. I'm sure they If they've come from the same vision <laughs> as you've had before, then I'm sure they will. <laughs> yes. Yes. Awesome. Hoping for that. Hello. All right. All right. Thank you so much, Diksha, for being a part of Unboxing Entrepreneurship. And I'm sure that um, whether somebody is in Instagram or is on Instagram or wants to reach out to influencers or not, I think what you have spoken about is quite generic. Like people can take away the fact that you have to, you know, you have to ask. Um, you have to be, af you don't have to be afraid to hear the word no. Um, and, you know, you have to be experimental, which I think is the basic underlying quality that an entrepreneur Absolutely. And the building of a community. I think you should need to believe that we need to build that community. Like we need to be there for each other. Yeah. That's the, that's the whole point of, of this series. I was, I was telling Sonali the same thing that, you know, my, under my, aim from from this series is to help other entrepreneurs understand that everyone goes through the same thing it doesn't matter if you're an extrovert and introvert you come from a business background or not Absolutely. everyone goes through the same thing so it's okay to feel this way and you know if if there is a community if there is a network that you can reach out to then be an active part of it because that helps you in your day-to-day -day. it helps you become a great success in the yes. future yes all right. All right. Thank you so much, Diksha, and all the best. Thank you, Pallavi. Thank you, Pallavi. Pleasure talking to you. Same here. <laughs>